You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck. What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home? long-awaited Red Sun edition of Imaginative. Here it is, folks, <laughs> coming at you. Can we pull this off? I don't know. This was, for me, this was a very difficult one. It, you know, it's, I don't know what it is, but uh, Superman is such a um, encompassing character that it was hard for me to figure out a good story that would work in the Marvel U. You know, it, it is interesting bringing up Superman because one thing I really like about him and one thing that's really tough about him is, what. like, think about this real quick. Every time you look at, like, a Superman Elseworlds, they rarely are just, like, Superman and his supporting cast. They always find a way, like, let's get Green Lantern in there. Let's get Wonder Woman in there. Let's get Batman. Anybody else, when they do it, it, it is kind of just you know the character but you're right superman is very encompassing it's tough it's right very tough um i know for me a personal head block and i you know there's a lost tape out there for you guys to find but we had a discussion (laughs) without being recorded and i i I mentioned that i was just having a tough time to find a character like superman in the marvel U. like who could just brand them who could bring them together but not even bring them together but have that power on such a scope like I thought about Thor, but I'm like, well, but Thor, Thor's a great character and all, but he's not the leader, you know. Like right. there's people who could super step that, and yeah, it was it was a tough challenge. This was a it really made me dig deep. <laughs> I know when we had a conversation, something just clicked. I, I I stopped looking at power as a physical force, and I looked at power as more of a political force, and that's what kind of freed it up for me. Political source, huh? Well, okay, maybe I, I, not. Not not a pill. Well, okay, I, get I what guess you're trying to say though. I could say in terms of the People's Republic, yes, <laughs> which ties into it, as I will call this Red Sun, Mother Russia. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, let's let's okay. Let me first describe what Red Sun was. Superman, Red Sun, written by Mark Miller, uh, an Elseworld where. Uh, in Red Sun, Superman's rocket ship lands on a Ukrainian collective farm rather than in Kansas. An implied reason being a small time difference, a handful of hours yeah. from the original timeline. And I think they say they say twelve hours. I think the they book. go twelve hours. Yeah, uh, meaning Earth's rotation placed the Ukraine in the ship's path instead of Kansas. Instead of fighting for truth, justice, and the American way, Superman is described in Soviet ro- uh, radio broadcast. As the champion of the common worker who fights a never-ending battle for Stalin, socialism, and the international expansion of the Warsaw Pact. His secret identity, his name that his adopted parents gave him, is a secret, is a state secret. So, uh, it's, 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 I mean, once again, you know, he's, he's keeping his secret identity secret, but he obviously, he's very much so a, uh, Propaganda weapon, oh, yeah. as well as an actual weapon for 
Stalin and the USSR. And what's really neat, too, about the whole secret identity, there was no Clark Kent. Like, I mean, he was just Superman on all the time. Right. So it's it's kind of cool to see what the lack of the Kents does to Superman, to Kal-El. You know, what, what happens to him when there are no Kents around. Um, I, I think it's a vital... A very vital part of the Superman mythos. And what's really wild is lately I've been kind of doing a side project on some Superman history. And so the Golden Age Superman, you know, the Kents, they, they weren't even named. Mm. It took almost like a decade till we finally got Jonathan and Martha Kent. And even then they had names before that. Like, uh, they, it was Mary Kent. I, could, I think it was Jonathan and Mary Kent. Mary Kent. Oh, so they okay. actually, they, they changed her name throughout their stuff. Um, I would say John Byrne, when he did the relaunch... Of Superman in '86, really, really did a good job of using the Kents, and that also led to a lot of the exposure of Lois and Clark, where the Kents were there. And I think it's great, and that's that's one element that I'm missing in our modern Superman in New Fifty Two, and even in the movie universe. I mean, I, I'm a big Paul Kent fan, and I'm a big Clark Kent fan, so I think those are really great elements. So poor, this... poor Paul Kent in the in the in the movies is they can't. Wait to kill him off yeah, okay. whenever they get the chance. I, I know you can fly and you can move real fast, son, but um, stay right here. I, I'm going to go get the dog. Uh, you know? <laughs> yeah, don't, 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 don't save me or anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, so in basically in the book, the this young Superman is is found on this farm by uh, Soviet soldiers, and uh, but or. He, Basically, well, it's the government finds him. Well, I thought he was raised normally, and then he finally yeah kinda he was came, he came nor he came out with his powers right, and so that's when once he came out with his powers, the government's like, oh, you're ours right. And, but he very much so believes wholeheartedly in communism and well, he believes in everybody ideals. and yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. He totally loves the ideals. Uh, he. He's the right kind of communist you would need because he actually cares about it and he thinks <laughs> and he, it through and cares know? for the, the 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 people the people yes and and it's it shows throughout this whole his whole time being Superman he uh, and it's funny that he still came up with the name Superman uh, I, I did find that funny and I know even like as I was working on my story it's like well you know if obviously to point Captain America. Would I call him Captain Russia? You know, yeah, uh, right. You know, so it is funny that he still said Superman, not you know, not some kind of translation for right. the word super or yeah, you know, but, commander or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, they use comrade a lot. They did in, use in comrade. <laughs> I think that's maybe Mark Millar's way of like I do know at least five Russian words, <laughs> comrade. But I thought it was funny, like or interesting at least, because uh, it became so commonplace for. Superman to save people that he makes a comment that Russians aren't even wearing their seatbelts anymore because they know that I'm going to be there to save them. Like he 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 actually feels that maybe he is holding them back. I I liked that element. I thought that was neat because yeah, you're right. Like when he really, I think by that point he had he had, he he managed to in this in this Elseworlds he captures Brainiac and he kind of gets Brainiac under control. And I think, yeah, like Brainiac was running the numbers, and that's what made him reflect, where he's like, well, I can't be everywhere at once, because, yeah, people are just, you know, they're driving extremely fast with no seatbelts, they don't care, you know, they're sticking pennies in light sockets. (laughs) So maybe I've kind of done them an injustice by being there all the time. And I kind of feel, I think that, in my opinion, I think that was Mark Millar's way of kind of 
poking fun at the Silver Age Superman, this omnipotent guy who was like, hey, you want to watch me spin a planet on my finger? Right, Not exactly. a problem, you know. Oh, yeah, he could definitely, like, move planets out of orbit and oh, stuff. Oh, my God, it was in, and bake a cake while doing it. You know, it was insane <laughs> how amazing this guy was. Um, now, throughout the whole book, once again, his biggest nemesis would be Lex Luthor. You know, oh, yes. a common uh, enemy for for Clark or for Superman, but... This one, like, they start off with explaining to you repeatedly how smart he is. Because he's... Oh, gosh, yeah. The, the chess the, thing. <laughs> the first... the Oh, the, yeah. The first panels they introduce him. I'm listening to this uh, portable recording device that I invented at lunchtime. And I'm playing eight, 81 games of chess at the same time. And he's he's just doing all these things to tell you how smart he is. And then all of a sudden... Something doesn't go his way, and now he's obsessed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, to the fact that and it's funny, he finally... Not, not. I mean, there's also tons of different versions of Luther, but this Luther, you know, at least in one of the versions, he, he's finally got Lois Lane. He's right. married to her, you know, she's not Starts Lois Lane, she's Lois him, Lane, yeah. Luther, she's, she's his, he's hers, all that. And yeah, he, he throws it all away because it's like... I'm on this quest to fight Superman. It's like, whoa, dude. You got this beautiful, and elegant woman on your side. And she's devoted to him. That's she is funny. devoted. That's right. That's a good word. She is devoted. It's like, it's our anniversary, and I know you're going to disappoint me, but I still got you a gift. <laughs> Where are these women? <laughs> That's why it is an Elseworlds. <laughs> okay, so Franny has his own experiences and talks for himself when... Uh, no, voters, you're more than welcome to chime in. I know it. And I know there's deadbeat dudes out there, too, so ladies, don't feel left out. <laughs> but, uh, no, right. Um, it, it's a very much so uh, the the mad scientist version of, of Lex Uther from the Silver Age. Yes. Yeah, and, they, they took those elements big time. And, uh, and, uh, and he eventually... Becomes so obsessed that he uh, comes up with... You see, like, a maraud of uh, all the different characters throughout Superman's enemies history, but they've all been created by Luther at one point in time to try and uh, defeat Clark. Or Superman. I keep calling him Clark. He's my best friend, you know. So it's, <laughs> I, you know I was chatting with Bruce the other day, and Hal and I, we got a thing going on this weekend. <laughs> so, uh, which... Brings up best friend Jimmy Olsen is a he's US, a G man he's a yeah. G man he's an FBI agent. Um, who else? Uh, Pete Pete Ross from his uh, childhood days is actually a illegitimate son of Stalin. Yeah. Oh, and then you had uh, Lana Lang. She was in the mix. She was also uh, part. She of was the, the girl that he grew up with on the farms right. that he loved, and he gave her the tour guide job. Right. Right. Um. Who else? There's... Oh, Wonder Woman came along. She was, you know, the ambassador's daughter type of deal. Right. She, he's still Ho- yeah. Hippolyta's daughter or Hippolyta, however you say oh, it. Oh, gosh. That one's beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> and she, you know, very much eventually becomes the warrior that she's supposed to become. I don't know if they ever call her Wonder Woman, but... I don't think they did, but they think they what just call her sad, Princess Diana. What a sad part of the story. I didn't really understand after she... Okay, so at one point, Bruce Wayne... Or, not Bruce Wayne... But Batman, Batman, the Russian Batman, who wants to take down the Superman regime, uh, has tied up Wonder Woman. And very much in her uh, Silver Age... Her early days of comics, yeah, or the bondage thing. Yeah, if you were able to bind Wonder Woman, if a man was able to bind Wonder Woman, she would lose all her powers. So he, Batman being 
the creative strategist yeah. that he is. No matter what world we're on, <laughs> Batman will find a way. <laughs> he able, he manages to bind her with her his, her lasso, and uh, so she he uses her as bait. Superman comes to help, but then uh, with Lex Luthor's help, Batman it, gets him underneath Red Sun lights. lights That's right, lamps. yeah, the, the red lamps. So Superman, not knowing that uh, he he wouldn't have his powers under the light of Red Sun. Starts to fight Batman. Batman's like, ah, you don't know how to fight. And he kicks his ass. Yeah. But uh, he calls out to Wonder Woman and says, look, you're stronger than this. You can do it. Break your bonds. Take out the generator and I will be able to save you. She breaks her bonds and then kind of goes crazy. Well, see, the way I took it, she loved him that much, right? She did. She, she loves did. him that much. And it's like, oh, gosh. I guess it's like almost... Almost like a kid sister type of thing. Like he, he admires her and he, he cares for her, but he does not see her with romantic eyes at all. And here she goes and destroys her lasso, mm-hmm. you know, which I guess it, it almost feels like it's like, you know, like a, a the feedback amplifier thing. So, you know, oh, when it okay. cycles through, but it, 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 it'll still work, but it's not the same. So I feel like she just went into a big depression. Because if I remember correctly, when I look at some of those panels, she's got, like, white hair. Yeah, her hair completely changes the, to white or gray. And she says, the dialogue says that something in my my mind kind of just switched off at this point. Yeah, and, and I... to I, me, it kind of made me seem like a... Uh, like, her, the lasso was kind of her totem. Like, maybe Thor's hammer. And, okay. and since it broke, she no longer had her power. But she still had... Because she comes into play later on. Yeah, exactly. But I I just felt like it was like more like, you know, like she realized that I love this man so much. I I did that for him. Because think about it. As soon as he got free, he didn't even go to her. Right. He just flew off. And it's kind of like, wow, you're a prick. You know? (laughs) Well, you know, like this Superman, that part of his life, the whole like love and emotional part totally almost doesn't exist. Yeah. Like he says, when the first time he meets... Lois, when he saves her from the Daily Planet globe falling on top of her, he says, wow, she's a pretty woman. Eh, okay. Yeah, it is funny how and, it's like, oh, there, she's cute. All right, on my way. Yeah, yeah. It's maybe if something was different, maybe something could have happened, and someone in the future will eventually write a poem about the two of us getting together after that me- that initial meeting, but yeah, it doesn't a, mean anything now. It is a weird, deep it's, it's first thought. Str- yeah, it's but, a strange thing. But well, Something to think about, I almost feel like, and it'd be interesting upon a reread of it, is the narration from the future point of view? It is, and that's what I thought was okay. very incredible. Like reading, rereading it this time around, the the whole story is actually narrated by Superman. And I'm trying to think. There's not a lot of stories where Superman is actually narrating her his own story. There, the, yeah. Well, but there's in modern a few. Times, in modern, like Silver Age, that's definitely you know it's back when they did the boxes and stuff like in the thought. But well, no, the, the boxes. It would always typically be your your main character's narration and i think again that's probably mark millar throwing a lot of silver age mythos in there but i think okay maybe that's true but a lot of more of the it's a lot of more of the comic books i've read are more modern age stuff i didn't read too much silver age but whenever it's a superman story you're usually seeing it from the point of view of someone else like jimmy olsen lois lane you know someone else on the outside looking at superman and how he's godlike and telling you the story of how they he saved them or something, but this story throughout the whole thing to me was just very not odd but very uh, different to hear it from his point of view. 
mm-hmm. like the story from his point of view. So, and eventually, what what we get to is, and, and uh, we'll, we can just skip to the end, but we'll talk more about the story. The the you find out that he's um, he is in the future, and he's telling the story of his life, but in the far future, he's actually bloodline of Lex Luthor, yeah, Le- Lex Luthor and Lois Lane Luthor. Uh, eventually, they become it's it's like their lineage becomes Luth. And then L, and then L. Jor L is the is a very young descent or a very far descendant of his, and uh, and to say and planet Earth is is about to be destroyed just like Krypton was, but there's no place that Earth has already conquered all of the galaxy. Yeah, because it's interesting because Luther chooses to die. It's like, well, I've conquered everything. Let's try death. Like that's how advanced this future is because of. You know of Luther's uh, <laughs> intelligence, and you know, and just the, pros- the, the 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 prospects of everything that comes through. And yeah, you're right. Yeah, it goes. You know, the House of Luther all the way down to L, the letter L, and then finally spelled into E L. And then yeah, but no, they didn't even do the E L. Oh, that's right. They just this is like, L. The letter. This, that's is, right. this is Silver Age. Yeah, yeah, they went. <laughs> that, nice touch. That's right. That's right. I forgot about that. So yeah, and so so Jor L sends his only son to the past. 1938. Uh, yep. Yeah, 38 to to um, to live in Russia. And then, I mean, he, I don't think he knows it's going to be Russia, but it ends up being Russia. Yeah, if he just puts him back there. <laughs> yeah. So a, a very interesting story, I thought. Um, some of the characters are very... So, okay, so at one point when... Because it, it, it's basically three different decades that you right. see. Yeah. You see there's the uh, post-World War II... Yeah, fallout from World War Two, kind of the Cold War era, Cold War era, and then yeah. definitely like the end of the Cold War. Like I kind of felt like an eighties, right? Know? And it just kind of showed up how screwed up America is by its own capitalism, left unchecked and even fueled by a greedy Luther. Because like you were talking about earlier, how all these villains exist. And it's funny because it's like America is such a jerk in this book. You know, it's like, <laughs> well, Russia's got this good guy and he hasn't done anything mean yet. But let's make a stockpile of <laughs> of these villains. And in our eyes, they're heroes. Right. Let's make the stockpile of people that we're just going to have on reserve. So it's like, yeah, you know that monstrosity Mentalo? We created him. You know that Parasite. monstrosity parody? We created him. You know, it's like I was Even waiting Doomsday. for Doomsday. Okay, he did, yeah. He does show up. Oh, they did. Okay, one panel. I must have missed that. And then, so I found it funny that it's like, God, you know, America's on this hell-bent quest. But it's funny because, I mean, it's like you have, you know, like the, 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 the political change on stuff. Kennedy, President Kennedy was just such a loser. after Nixon. Too. Yeah, that's right. He was after Nixon. And it's even like. Well, you're the first president to be divorced, you know. Right. He's like, yeah, he's been screwing around. So <laughs> Marilyn Monroe's the first woman, and and she you know, she actually had a relationship with the Russian some some Russian dignitary too oh, at the same wow. time, yeah. according to that uh, this this fake history. But um, uh, yeah, no, exactly. So at at one point, um, uh, Lois becomes the. The chief of the Daily Planet, the yeah, she's the, editor the new chief. publisher, chief, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, the top uh, dog. And one of the reporters there is Ollie Queen. So I was wondering, like, he, I mean, obviously, because they even make they even make a comment about how Ollie Queen is is such a uh, uh, boring guy. He he said you're, <laughs> you're you're the anti- you're the antithesis of Superman. You have no excitement in your life whatsoever, which is obviously the opposite of the Ollie Queen that we know. Oh, yeah. So I wonder if he's taking on the Clark Kent 
persona and goes out as a vigilante on green, as Green Arrow at night. But we don't we don't see that part. That that's not part of the story. Mark Millar, there's your free idea for the night. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, you know, that was very interesting for his character to come out that way too. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's interesting because there's a whole another world to explore. You know, like what happens to Barry Allen, to Ray Palmer, you know, to Katar Hall. You know, like that could have been fun to play with. Like, you know, with this twelve-hour difference. You know, do the do the hawk do the hawk people, Hawkman and Hawkwoman, do they crash in Russia also? You know, um, the alien ship that gives Captain Adam his powers does it crash in Russia? Like, it could have been neat that he could have spun off a whole JLA. You know, but it's. You know, he played with only a couple characters. And yeah, the Ollie Queen one, it's very slight, but it's in there. But yeah, you're right. It's like, well, what is that What is that supposed to imply? Like, what's going on? You know, I thought that was neat. So, yeah. uh, the whole, um, one, one, one of the, one of Luther's schemes is to have uh, America basically sabotage one of Russia's satellites. And as it's coming down, it's going to land in America and take out the Daily Planet. Uh, Superman ha- goes and saves or stops the, the the satellite from killing people and puts it down and and Luther's like oh this is all part of my plan so I can get some of his DNA right so he uses the DNA that's on the satellite to create US the United States own super Superman yeah the- and it's 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 bizarre yeah the bizarro we get the bizarro <laughs> <laughs> and it, it was funny because they had red hair like Luther does that's right yeah so you could tell he probably ended up putting some yeah. of his own DNA just like Superboy yeah um, but uh, that bizarro obviously still an imperfect clone because he has the breath or fire breath and yeah the reverse the, the, yeah the ice vision ice with vision heat breath stuff, right but he did if if i remember correctly he, he was the one though even though he was imperfect he still managed to beat luther at chess right that's the thing that at was the a very cool end, moment he yeah. beats the, he beats like, luther this at is chess. why i was mad because an imperfect clone of him could still beat me at chess that's son of a <laughs> <laughs> so thus his his main uh fight with superman starts uh one other big reveal was a uh, Roswell of 1942 was a I think it's 42. It's somewhere around there, in the 40s. Yeah, the the alien ships that we that we have part of our American mythos now that supposedly went, crash landed in in Roswell. Uh, in this story, becomes Abin Sur's. Yeah, I thought that Abin was a cool spaceship. Twist. Yeah, so so uh, when the gov- U.S. government took it into. Um, Alien UFO impound. <laughs> right, yeah, Area 51, and they hid it and stuff. They locked it away. They kept it secret until uh, they felt that they could use it to fight Superman. Yeah, so, it was President Kennedy, right? He comes was, up and he's like, hey, the country's going to crap. Um, <laughs> got this super weapon. Can you do something? Yeah, that's and right. And Luther yeah. finds it, and he, or he finds it. He opens up the, the, the stuff that's been put in mothballs, and he finds the Green Lantern ring. And I guess he realizes that he can't use it because it's it takes so much willpower or whatever. Yep. So they test all the pilots conveniently. Hal Jordan well, is one of the. the Hal Jordan <laughs> uh, being a I'm guessing Vietnam vet. Yeah, total whack job of a dude. Because he <laughs> so he he describes he says why why Hal Jordan what what why is this this uh, one pilot. The one that you want to, to use this ring. He said, well, it took us a while to figure out the 26-word combination <laughs> to get the ring to work first. And once we did, I found this pilot that was a POW. And while he was a POW, he built 
a whole <laughs> prison for his captors to be in for him to like in the pages that they describe it is just amazing. Oh yeah, they draw it out in depth and because you know. because how Jordan would have drawn it out and he would he designed the whole thing and if it takes three days to build a wall then it took three days for him to imagine building that's building crazy that wall. it's like he, he literally sat there while in, in his pow camp holding however just like today we're gonna draw up plans <laughs> yep i'm gonna go get a shovel and i'm gonna start digging <laughs> like, that is quite the act of imagination <laughs> so then uh at that point he becomes uh, they give him the ring. He beca- they, they form the Green Lantern Marine Corps, right. and uh, somehow Luther is able to create more rings for other soldiers to to use. But as Hal is their leader, so right. that's their f- first force to go against Superman in this new battle. Uh, the Amazons are going to come. Yeah, they got them as backup. They kept them know. as backup, and then uh, I think Luther has one last plan. Yes, so we skipped ahead. Uh, Brainiac at one point attacks Russia. Okay, well that's right. Yeah, he so when Brainiac down. first makes the scene, yeah, he takes Moscow, shrinks it down. He, he shrinks down Stalingrad. You know. Oh, what's Stalingrad? Right. Oh, okay, so yeah, he shrinks it down, and you know, of course, that's the famous Superman with the lost city of Argo, where it's like, oh, I'll save you people. You know, I can conveniently shrink down and fly into you, and I can conveniently fly out and grow <laughs> back to normal, but I can't take you guys with me. Uh, yeah, he's faced with that same plight, so they kept that. That, that part of the Superman story, and they brought it into this Elseworld. And, uh, yeah, so, of course, Superman takes on the big brainiac, you know, and, and finally manages to subdue it and make it subservient, even. Right. And so now Brainiac essentially becomes the, you know, the, the what's the word I want to use? But, like, the a chancellor of, you know, like a secretary of defense type, you know, where it's like, okay, well, here's Basically going one of on, Superman's you know. advisors yeah. to help him fight off Luther in, in any of his invasions. So at, in the future, eventually, there's only two countries left that are not a part of Russia's global domination. He And Superman has said, from the beginning, I will not, yeah, you I know, won't, I, won't I won't fight, I won't invade these countries. They will They will want to join us willingly. Yeah, I'll and earn their trust. Exactly. You know, being, you know, a good guy still. Yeah. And in, in the US, United States has not... Join. Oh, yep, they can't trust the dirty <laughs> commies. <laughs> and uh, you know, Brainiac keeps telling you got to invade them. You have to invade them. He's That's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. yeah. So uh, eventually, Luther says, "Well, they're going to invade, so we have to attack." So he gets to the Green Corps, the Green Lantern Marine Corps, the the Amazons, but he also sneaks in to uh, Superman's Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, he's the third piece of that plan. And uh, in this, at this point, he's also the president of the, of the United States. Right, which I thought was kind of a neat twist because <laughs> it happens in two thousand, just like it did in the yeah, Lex two thousand. The uh, yeah, the, the normal comics, yeah. normal comics, yeah. Yeah, and I like how it's like America's so just. Oh man, it's it's such a, a horrible. It's in a horrible state. You know, the the economy's crap, everything's horrible, and he's just like, oh, well, if we take this and do this quick investment and then follow it up with this, and da-da-da-da, it's like, oh, okay, we've got a surplus, everybody's doing good now, no need to worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I fixed you, the, I'm your president Prosperity, now. yeah. yeah. Um, Here's with the happiness Jimmy Olsen equation. as his vice president. Yeah. So that was, it was, that was a neat little, little touch, yeah. Uh, but then, uh, he, he, atta- he, he kind of shows up in Superman, he's like, uh... You, you're going to fail, and I know you're going to fail, and uh, we're attacking and we're invading and you're going to fail. And Brainiac engulfs him 
engulps Lex Luthor into into yeah, his just, thing. Like, and he's like, gulp? <laughs> it's he's like, like, oh, well, you're going away for uh, reprogramming, so I guess you're not going to win, Lex. Superman says that. And then eventually he makes his way to the lawn of the White House, and Lois is sitting there at the, at the steps, and she says, uh, he says, uh, Miss... First lady, you need to yeah, back step aside. You know, and she's like, "Nope, I'm not leaving. This is my home. You need to read this paper that's in my pocket." And he reads the paper in the pocket, <laughs> and it's uh, and he just breaks down. He starts crying, and he can't believe he's done what he's done. Like it cut right to his core. Oh, well, it would, you know, no matter what, Cal El, you know, even though he's not Clark Kent really, but he's Cal El. He, I guess, there's always just that shred of gene in him. <laughs> you no, know, true. You know? That it just it hits him, yeah, and it did. It cut so deep on him, and uh, and it, it's a piece of paper that Lex wrote a while back, you know, before certain things went went into to play. But he knew that he was going to need it, and it says, "Why don't you just put us all into a bottle?" And he's just like, "No, <laughs> I'm just like Brainiac. I'm just like Brainiac." <laughs> so we're saying I'm this alien invader, you know. And then you find out Brainiac actually wasn't, uh, yeah, he, under he his faked control. it the whole time. Yeah, he's just like, well. If I got to use you to justify my, you know, my my science, then that's okay. The the ends justify the means. So I'll I'll be your subservient, but in reality, you know, I'm the guy in charge. I'm getting yeah. my stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. So then, uh, you know, he, he they fight. Uh, Luther ends up taking over Brainiac, but then there's a self destruct in, in Brainiac's ship, and it's gonna it's gonna blow up the whole Earth if uh, Superman doesn't take care of it. And so he's got to push it out into the galaxy and. The thing blows up, and you just assume that Superman dies with it. But, yep. but as we know, he doesn't. There's always that smile and the wink waiting for you at the end of the story. <laughs> and eventually, we we follow. That's when we start to see the, the the Luther lineage as it becomes L. Yep. So that's that whole story. If you haven't read it, you know this was what 2008 when this came out. It was very early 2000s. Uh, 2008 sounds about right. But uh, yeah, you go ahead and uh, you should pick it up. It's 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 really high regarded. It's a uh, it's. I think it's. It's won a few awards. Um, it, it's just a very good story. You, you get to see a lot of different characters and, and how their uh, personalities would be if things had changed. Here we go. Okay, so actually it was two thousand three. So it was oh, really wow. early. So two thousand three. Um, it won the. Or actually, it was nominated. It was nominated for the two thousand four Eisner Award for Best Limited Series. And in case you're not a major, major comic book fan to the point where you're like, oh, yeah, I know all the awards. Uh, the <laughs> Eisner is the Academy Award of comic books. This is the be-all, end-all award. This is the top premiere stuff. So to get nominated is very impressive. Um, I guess it did not get the win. Um, but, yes, like it, it's funny. I, I guess I've been a snob to this, story, to this story as a comic book fan. You know, it's just like, I mean, Mark Millar, he's not everybody's cup of tea. You know, he's he, to me, he's one of those guys who just kind of like he's like a Howard Stern. You know, he just came in like, oh, I'm going to be all crazy and I changed everything. Look <laughs> at me. So that's kind of how I feel like Mark Millar is. You know, I mean, if you've read his Ultimates, I mean, it's like it's a beautiful story. Like he did it great. And there's a lot of cool like uh, character traits from nowadays. But the minute he had Captain America kick Bruce Banner when he was down, I was like, ah, no, I'm done. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> Captain America would still have that 1940s mindset. And I don't know, maybe I was, you know, fed the wrong propaganda, but I kind of thought the people <laughs> from that era were nice. You know, not not this Steve Rogers. So I've, I've just been kind of on the fence with this stuff. You know, I like his books. When he does kick ass and, and, and uh, it's superior and stuff like that, they are good because those are what those characters are. But I always feel when he takes the newer characters i'm like oh you're tainting them you're 
not keeping them to their core. And so I never read this. You know, it just never called out to me. And your challenge caused me to go out by the trade and I read it and thank you. You know, it was a great story. I'm glad to be introduced to it. Um, it's worth it. It's definitely worth a sit down read. And also another neat little find if you get the other chance. They um, a while ago DC was doing motion comics when motion comics were big. Red Sun is one of the one of the one of the stories they actually took and made wow. it as a motion comic. I have yet to find a copy. I would love to sit down and watch it to see. All right, you know what? Did they keep the whole story? What did they drop down? So yeah, it was part of a twelve part adaptation that you can find on iTunes. Okay, so I'm not computer savvy, so I don't know what this <laughs> iTunes is. I kind of do, I kind of don't. But anyways, <laughs> I'll I'll have to check my pirate chips and see if I can find it. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> so normally, what we do is we kind of just go down the line, and and I you know I say my character, you say your character, and uh, we 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 do it that way. I think this one we should just. Go through and each 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 one of us have a pitch. I think that works for this one because it's it's the story doesn't lend itself to the point where it's like, well, you know, like I'm going to trade these four characters for this other units versus four characters, and there we go. Right? Because this one, it's it's a whole story spun from one character's point of view. Because I mean, you could write, you know, Green Lantern, Red Sun. Right. You know, where Aben Sur crashes in Russia. What does that do? Right, definitely. I mean, and it would be its own story, you know, because everybody has to react to it. So, yeah, I mean, this is this is not kind of like our, our basic formula has always been kind of that. Like, okay, here's here's this version of the Illuminati. There we go. This one is you have to come up with a whole story. You know? <laughs> so it was, it was a tough challenge. I mean, thank you. That really it got me thinking. Well, I think that yours will probably be better, so I will go first. Oh, you flatter me. <laughs> Uh, like I said earlier, I had a really hard time of picking a character that would mean as much as Superman to not just the country but the world. Because, like, uh, once again, this this character, this Superman, becomes so uh, omnipresent and, and totalitarian, but he doesn't become a dictator the same way that we see in like. Injustice, you know, true or points, uh, you know, other other places. Usually, when Superman becomes when he goes evil, or when he's not American, or when he's not our Superman, right? When he's not our, he's Superman, horrible. He becomes yeah, but this Superman is actually really good. He just had the different upbringing. Yeah, he just got the different. Well, he's just got the different political scheme. Yeah, exactly. Because one one that's funny that made me think about that because I was kind of scanning my my brain for. Um, uh, Elseworlds, and I think you've read that one too. Superman speeding bullets, yes. where it's the Waynes, mm-hmm. and Superman was dark. You know, he was flying around a bat costume, killing people. Right. You know, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, but this was like a genuine Superman who was, you could almost like it, it really was the Silver Age Superman, just located in Russia. In Russia, so yeah. you're right. You're very right that they kept him at his best. Right. So, uh, I, like I said, I couldn't quite find that person that I wanted to do it in the in the Marvel U. Kind of already had an idea that you were going to do Captain America, so I didn't use Captain America. <laughs> oh, no, I'm sorry. You didn't use Captain America? <laughs> no, I did. Oh, I did. did. Oh, no, but it's I fine. That's I fine. I feel bad. <laughs> uh, so I went a different direction, kind of. I took Wolverine. <laughs> all right, all right. So Wolverine, uh, being part of this, I'm, I'm changing his history. So if you've read Origin, uh, the Wolverine story, a, uh, I'm put a premier Russian family by the name of the Holowalves. 
because you can't Ooh, do Howlitz. <laughs> I like that. The family patriarch is part of Stalin's inner circle of advisors. So John Holowov or whatever a Russian version Johan. of John. Yeah, <laughs> Johan. Uh, one day, while James, his son, or whatever the Russian version of James <laughs> was visiting his father John at Stalin's palace, an assassin attacks, trying to kill Stalin, kills John instead sending young James into a rage, killing the assassin in front of Stalin. Now, Stalin's new weapon, uh, the sickle, instead Ooh, of a Wolverine. I like it. After being exper- experimented on by the state, uh, by state scientists, he is given a metal coating of animantium, is sent in as a general to kill anything put in front of him, carving a way to dictators, presidents, kings, and... and uh, that that either pledge allegiance to Russia or die. So, like, literally, you'd put him in the front lines, have an army behind him, but you would, like, if a, if someone was fighting him, you would just see, like, the line he would carve until he got to the... Oh, yeah. Whoever the leader would be. Because bullets... Obviously, we know Wolverine. Bullets are going to stop him. force. Yeah, so he would, he would get all these countries to submit to Russia. Wow, I like that. And it goes good with his name, The Sickle. He really does just... Comes through and skates his way right across. Exactly. That's awesome. All right. <laughs> so, uh, and then how Pete Ross was uh, the character that was basically Superman's political equal in Russia. He ended up being the chief of the police, the head of the KGB. I would have, since, since Wolverine became a... Wolverine showed Russia, or Stalin, that... Uh, Mutants are good and could be a powerful weapon. They would have found another young boy on a farm (laughs) by the name of Peter Rasputin. Oh, my gosh! (laughs) So he would become the the chief of police and then eventually the head of the KGB and then the successor to, to Stalin when Stalin died. And he would be called the Hammer. Nice. He was the bodyguard to Stalin. So, uh, yeah, he's, he was personal bodyguard and chief of police. So I would have that. Um, in place of Princess Diana, I would bring back a, a, a relationship that, you know, we see every once in a while between Wolverine, but not that often, but uh, Aurora, uh Storm. Nice. Okay, I like so, that. So, you know, this she's African, the African goddess. Exactly. She's African goddess, queen, African you know. princess, queen that, that comes up to Russia because Russia's a superpower and they uh-huh. the two of them hit it off and they're... He, I mean, maybe he falls in love with with her. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe they, the two of them, uh, see each other. Superpower's sake, exactly. And uh, so in America, the the Luther character, the one that wants to stop Wolverine. You better not say Scott Summers. (laughs) (laughs) Not Scott. (laughs) But Xavier. Oh, yeah. Okay, you piqued my interest. Cause, <laughs> so, so okay. being in America, Luther or Luther Xavier sees you know that there's this mutant, and he knows that he's a mutant, and he he wants to to bring up his own uh, mutants and, and show that there's a different way. But he has to to stop Wolverine first. He needs he needs the the weapon, the sickle, to not be the killing machine that he is. Right. So he 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 raises. Basically, he raises his his first class again, except for Cyclops, <laughs> because Cyclops takes the place of my Batman. 
He's going to have Scott Summers as another Russian boy that uh, being he was also an orphan, you know, because uh-huh. he so he he was raised on these collective farms, but he wasn't treated the same way as as oh, Wolverine. So he's okay. So he like he was the ugly side of the mutants. Exactly. Okay, I like that. I like that. Uh, then a young boy who was in Germany at the time <laughs> 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 flees to Russia. And he wants to he wants to use Brainiac to that to that way, or not Brainiac. He wants to use uh, the sickle to to the way that that Xavier doesn't. So he's my Brainiac. So Magneto, oh, okay. Magneto being uh, being the kid from the uh, the Holocaust, you know, right? As we've seen now, but he uh, uses that to basically fight. Uh, or to get in good graces with uh, the sickle and and in the higher reg- regards of the Russian politics. Nice. So Magneto is using <laughs> Nightcrawler's planter, is is seed kind of idea. Is that what you're saying? Like, oh, I wasn't using Nightcrawler, just just Magneto. Oh, okay. Sorry, I jumped to a conclusion there. Okay. <laughs> no. Oh, I like that. I like that, and that's good because so the location then, and the motivations. And then at one point, you would you would think that Magneto is on. Sickle side, just like Brainiac, but right. then he's really just manipulating him and his own agenda. Yeah, he yeah. has the power over metal, and he Ooh, can, it's he gonna can be stop nice. Wolverine when he needs to. It's gonna be nice when it gets to the punch. I like that. <laughs> and then my Green Lantern Marine Corps is uh, the X Men, like the X Men at its height of uh, power. You know, and I guess probably the early or the late nineties, probably when they had their biggest roster and stuff like that. Right, and you know they still had uh, Gene and. Phoenix or whatever you want to say, right? Well, like Iceman, Archangel, yeah, the exactly. whole lot, Beast. Cool. So yeah, yeah. they would be the ones that have to stop Wolverine. Ooh. Now this is where it gets a little iffy. <laughs> How do I get that twist of of you know it still being the 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 Luther line that Superman comes from? Oh, okay. And so, how do we get into the far future that it goes back? Like, I mean, maybe it doesn't have to be the far future. Maybe it doesn't have to be time travel. Maybe it just be like no. It is time travel. You know how you do it? Days of future past. Oh, okay. Now, in, in the in the comic, we always get to see Old Man Logan, and of course, he dies. So, and well, even Old Man Logan himself, we always see Wolverine makes it into the future. We always see he does that. right. He always makes it into the future. And okay, is it okay to go a little free reign yes, on this? Go for okay, it. check. This. Here's what you could do. So, Forge, you know, Forge is one of those people that makes it into the future. Also, if I remember correctly, no, Usually. actually, I think maybe that's because of the cartoon. I know the cartoon they had Forge, but you could have it so that you know Wolverine's dying wish. He he kind of sees maybe in his folly he sees that he's really just turned mutants. They're 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 property of the state. They're just tools. They're weapons. Right. So he feels bad about that. What was the ultimate action that led to that? Himself. Just his tenacity, the way life goes, the way it is. So what if, you know, Forge is like, all right, hey, the future sucks. It's real dystopian. It's horrible. You know, like the Sentinels, they could be just a program that mankind has made to kind of keep the mutants in police, you know, with dictatorships like Magneto going nuts. So Forge is like, I'm going to give you a chance to go back and stop it all from happening. You got to go back in time and assassinate yourself. <laughs> so he turns out to be his the, own assassin. assassin. Oh, I like that. I don't know. Maybe you could just do a twist that no, way. Or that would be very you know? good. Because it like could be it. neat that maybe the assassin is like either Cable or something, but that sends Wolverine back. Yeah, you totally you know? make. You, when you draw the, the initial panels, you have the, the assassin look like Cable. 
uh, because, you know, uh, Strife kind of looks like Wolverine in yep. a little bit. So, uh, But then you figure out that in the future, even though Wolverine has lived, or I should say Sickle, has lived for so long, maybe his memory is not, so fuzz- not so great. So he, he, so Forge is like, look, we'll send you back. You stop, uh, you know, the you stop Stalin you you from out, coming into... Yeah, you stop something, you know. Yeah, yeah. from coming into power, and but then... It's act- he actually causes the whole thing again because the young he young the loop. James yeah oh, and you I know like what's that. neat that's where they get the adamantium from because obviously they're gonna kill the body and they're gonna take it so the <laughs> scientists are studying like there's this crazy metal all over the thing <laughs> so it's like he would have never had the power if he went if he didn't go back in time so it's so this they, whole crazy so conundrum now you got a bootstrap con- uh, uh bootstrap um. Conundrum. I forget what the actual word is, but that's a uh, that's awesome. I like that spin to that story. Thank you. Oh, nice. And, and you know, actually, here's what's kind of funny about it. we really did sample a lot of, um, like, if I remember correctly, because I know Mark Millar was writing. Um, I think he wrote some on Unca- uh, Ultimate X Men, and if I I'm not sure, I could be fetching, but I think he was the one who introduced Cable, and in the Ultimate X Men, Cable is, is Wolverine. Wolverine. You're right. So I like how you took that where it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, just because of the future he's lived in, you know, he's got this different look. You know, the time che- time travel Swiss cheese brain yep. happens, and it's like, and so you he also, goes back. You also mentioned Old Man Logan, which is a Mark Miller yeah. story. Yeah, so <laughs> that son of a gun's got his finger in every pie. <laughs> So that's my uh, my Russian story. I dig it. Honestly, I think that's cool. I, I like because, like you said, and it's true. The the hardest part of the story is to find the Superman of the Marvel U. Right, the you person know? that's going to affect so many lives with the one change in his. Yeah, it's it's or it, hers. Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's tough because it's like sometimes I sit down and I think you know, and this is before Captain Marvel. Became Miss or Miss Marvel became Captain Marvel, but I mean, for the longest time, I'd sit down. I was like, okay, well, you know, who's your Superman and Batman? Well, a lot of people could argue, you know, and I've I, I always felt for the longest time Captain America, Spider Man. I always felt that they kind of had that relationship. You know, they're the world's finest. They don't have to be, you know, ultimately good and ultimately dark. They're just ultimately wholesome. The two characters, Spider Man and, and and I was like, okay, well, who's your female counterpart? Who's your Trinity? Who's your your who's your top ranking female? And I love Sue Richards, and I think she's a great character, but I don't see her like Wonder Woman. Mm-mm. You know, she's a mother. There's a difference between Wonder Woman versus, you know, the mother figure that she is. Right, she definitely you know, is. And, and I think Marvel sees it, and I think that's what they're building when it comes to Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, she's definitely, Carol Danvers. Yeah, she's definitely going to be yeah, Wonder Woman's that's, that's who they're setting. Yeah, I feel like that's who they're setting her up to be as what she will be. So it's funny because, you know, the, the Trinities, you know, if you look at DC, it's always been Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. It's always been. When you look at Marvel, you know, in the in its golden age, you had Human Torch, Namor, and Captain America. Mm-hmm. And then the Marvel age, you could argue Captain America, Iron Man, and Thor. You know, those are your trinities. So it's funny because they've never had those female presence. So it is I interesting. Was, I thought it was funny that you, 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 you chose uh, Captain America and, and Spider-Man to be your counterparts to Batman and, and Superman, where I'm guessing Batman would be Captain America and Spider-Man would be Superman. I'd go that route, yeah, yeah. But because that's very much Silver Age, world's finest, where, because, I mean, Batman and Superman there are very much best friends and, and you know, old chum and, you yeah, know, yeah, the don't, good, yeah. they don't get on each other's nerves. Whereas modern more modern ages, they are, you could still make the argument that they're best friends, but... 
they don't think alike at all. Oh no! Nowadays they're, they have they're two, two different, different ways characters. of getting to the same result. Yeah. No. Exactly. So, but but yet, Spider Man and, and Captain America still would still be the old chum and and uh, you know good buddies, best friends. Yep. Because I I think most people would say that the counterpart would be Captain America and Iron Man now. Oh, nowadays, yeah, no, definitely nowadays. I would you know with with a modern view, yeah, it's definitely you know Superman, Batman, Captain America, Iron Man. You know, which it is. but 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 changing Captain America and Superman would be the same, and Iron Man and and yeah, Batman yeah. would be the would be the counterpart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's how I it's view funny it. how Captain America well, switch sides. Yeah, he does, and it, well, it's interesting because his character it's it's so different. Like it, it's funny, um, Captain America. I, I you know it's I don't know. I guess maybe it was the shield. I just thought, whoa, that thing is cool. So I, I found myself drawn to him. You know, Marvel versus Capcom, the video games. I played Captain America. You know, it was just, all right, this guy's freaking cool. Oh, he's a good character you know? to play as in that game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, he was great, you know. And and it, to, to see that, and it's funny because as soon as I could really start affording to collect comics, Captain America was a book I always purchased. Um I think we were talking about this kind of in our casual, in the lost tapes, <laughs> but in our casual day-to-day, you know, it's funny because, you know, when Brewbaker came along to Captain America, you know, he, he, he did the first time to change in a while where it's like, okay, we're going to have a new, a new Captain America, and it was Bucky. And, of course, I was drawn to that whole run because of the redemption story for Bucky. I was like, this is this is amazing. By the way, if you haven't read that, go out and start getting the trades because it is amazing. Um you won't put it down, you know. You'll read through it, and it's going to make the Civil War movie that much better. Um, but anyways, you know, so it was a neat story, you know. Then at the end of uh, Brewbreaker's run, he made Captain America old because the soul, the Super Soldier Serum went out, and it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, we've seen these storylines happen before. It's nothing new, but you know, he resolved it and moved along. Uh, Rick Remeter came in, took over the Captain America comics, and you know, his version of the, the like the opening arc was great. And, I mean, he's done some great stuff with Sam Wilson as Falcon. But it's just like, well, you know, we got another Captain America taken in. And, you know, and I guess just the way he's written Steve Rogers, it sounds so out of character. Mm. You know, Steve Rogers, like, he just became this bitter, angry guy. And it's funny because if you know your Civil War, it's like, damn, good thing Steve wasn't in that frame of mind. Because (laughs) Steve and Tony would totally tag team and just be like, all right. Join or die, you know, like they would be putting shot collars on everybody. It would just be intense. So Steve gets written so differently. So it is funny to see, yeah, at, at some points you could see him be the Batman and at some points you could see him be the Superman. Right. You know, yeah, you know, he, he's definitely an interesting character, which I guess is a great segue into yeah. my pitch. <laughs> Do I um, hear it? Captain Russia? <laughs> uh, no, I hope I, I hope I did the name a little bit better. Okay. Okay. So, here we are. Uh, you know, this is my version of Red Sun. So, ultimately, it's Captain America's story. Okay. Um, so, Nikolai Fuhrer, mm-hmm. an I agent like of the KGB. <laughs> so, all this, all this wackiness is going on, and we're getting ready to go into World War II. But when I say we, I don't mean America. I mean Russia. Because mm. if you know your history, it started over there. Yep. So Nikolai is, you know, okay, you know, he's, he's, he's got the KGB. He's going to do it. I mean, if he's over there, you know they've got some good <laughs> stuff going. So he hears some rumblings about this Dr. Erskine. I like so it. So he's not far away. <laughs> Let's not. just black bag him and bring him over. So they do. So they get him. They bring him over. 
And so it's kind of like, uh-oh, what do we do? How is this going to work? You know, well, it doesn't matter because Russia's got him. So they get him and then they talk to him and they treat him good. And it's, it's not like Russia was looked at as a bad guy because, you know, in World War II, they were our ally. Or, you know, maybe to a sense more of, you know, the enemy of my enemy. But right. they weren't the Nazis. And that's what counts. <laughs> so, you know, he totally is like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you guys. And they develop their super soldier program, the Red Guardian. Oh. Now, I take Red Guardian because that actually is literally the Captain America that the that Marvel Comics created for the Russians during its Golden Age and Silver Age. So they had that character. So I was like, oh, you know, that's that's the good name. Because, again, you know, I was like, Comrade Russia? Yeah, nah. So Red <laughs> Guardian, I think it spots on. So they get um, a young man of the state. Uh, I'm going to mispronounce it because my Russian is horrible. So Salamau. Rogov, <laughs> and this is an actual name, and and Salomov, it, it it means man of peace. Ah. so he's very much a humble statesman. So you know, of course, he wants to serve his country. He wants to do the best. So when it comes time for the trials, you know, like who will serve Russia ultimately to find out if this will work? He does it. He's all about it. He's 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 excited for it. Let's go with it. So he he gets the the super soldier serum. Um, and he, he, you know, Captain America's out. He's got it. Steve Rogers is there. Of course, who has to kill Dr. Erskine? The oh. human torch will. Oh. So the human torch robot has been built. America realizes, oh, crap, they're going to start their own program. So they send the human torch robot over there, the android, to go. And he winds up being this, like, he's ultimately going to destroy the compound and he's not he he shows up late basically so he only winds up killing Dr. Erskine. So in this sense we're kind of the jerks. Wow, here. yeah, that's yes. that's oh. interesting instead of being uh, Nazis that kill Dr. Erskine, then yeah, America like, was well, just like we if, can't let you yeah, guys if, have if superpowers. We were, yeah, exactly. So it's like, uh-oh, <clears> we <throat> wanted him first, you beat us to the punch. So there we go. So now that's that's going to build that driving rift later on. So this is what starts the Cold War earlier. You know, so, uh, you know, the, the human torch is going to get shot down. So we'll, we'll save him for later. You know, we think he's dead. So uh, Red Guardian, you know, he, he's one of the big guys and all that. So eventually he's training in his camps. I like Bucky, so I'm going to put him in here. So I, I've got a character, Bahadur. Bazin, and Bahadev means fighter. Okay. So, you know, that's Bucky. Right. So, you know, he's got his, 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 his sidekick. Not his teen sidekick, but, you know, but here's the ultimate marksman and all that stuff. Kind of like how Bucky was definitely portrayed in modern times. So right. it's like this is the top soldier for the state. So we're going to take the top soldier and our top scientific soldier, and we're going to put them together. So they go in, and ultimately Pearl Harbor still has to happen. This way it can anger the, 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 the Americans to want to join in with the fray. But who's the leading superpower during this war? It's Russia. Right. So here comes the Red Guardian and his, 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 his team, his freedom fighters, and they just destroy Russia. And they're going to one-up him. He is going to totally actually punch Hitler and arrest him. Oh. So Russia now is the victorious you know, gladiator of the Allies. They, they bring him before the U.N., and, you know, the U.N. hands down the sanctions. So all that, you know, the, the gold and the, the, the things that the Nazis acquired, well, to the, to, the, to the winner go the spoils. That's right. So Russia is now a leading country. Mm-hmm. And because of, of Salomov, because of his, his humbleness and the way he is, 
he manages to convince a lot of the Russians to really ally and come together and be their best. So Russia is on, on a prosperous, victorious, manifest destiny. So that would be book one. We see, you know, the, the origins, the, 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 the tail end. It takes us through World War II, and it, it pretty much shows that Russia is on, the, on the, the gusp of being the nations of the world's superpower. So that would be book one. So that's how I would play that off. Uh, book two, I'm going to take us into about the mid-50s. The space program. <laughs> you can't deny the Russians beat us up there. Right? right. So that they obviously, if they're even that further along, they're going to get there first. So not only do they manage to put a man in space, and who would that man be? The Red Guardian, of course. So they're putting him up there all the time. Well, finally, Rogov is the first man on the moon. We do it. Wow. You know, we get up there and, you know, and he, of course, he's going to do this beautiful speech. I haven't written it yet, but he's going to do this beautiful <laughs> speech that the reader will just ultimately have a tear come from their eye because it's the type of stuff that Steve Rogers, in essence, would have said. Right. So, again, he's going to be that wholesome character. It's not like I'm out to, like, destroy your nation. It's I'm out to do what's right for my he's nation. Not the, he's not going to be the normal... If Russia had had a superhuman super soldier serum, this guy would have became a, an asshole and, and killed people and stuff. This is still Steve Rogers just in Russia. Exactly, exactly. You got this. I love it. And so you know that that's really bringing our country onto the brink. Well, you know, obviously the the, the, the turning of our presidents will change. You know, uh, Kennedy still would have had his boating accident, so he still would have been. Um, he still would have been elected president. But I don't see a reason to, for him to have been assassinated. So ultimately, you know, he's kind of like, all right, we got to do some stuff here. Now, what's going to be interesting is the Iron Man will still happen in America. Because Tony Stark, his father, you know, was a good old ally and helped out. And so here comes Tony now growing up. And mm-hmm. so, you know, so we've got the Iron Man. But again, it represents the capitalistic, piggish ways of America. Now, when Thor, um, well, Thor would return, you know, so a lot of the Marvel Universe would still play out. But the thing is, who did they all fall on? Like the Avengers. Okay, so for example, so the Avengers still would happen. You know, Hank Pym would still do his helmet. He would still help Janet get powers. Bruce Banner would still be part of an explosion. And again, if anything, I'd say Bruce Banner probably would have died in this explosion just because America would be so hastily trying to find scientific manners to defeat, you know, the Mm -hmm. Russians. You know, because, hey, if we're not on top, that's, that's that's a big kick to our ego, you know. But so anyways, the Avengers are the line, right? And it's like, yay, America's finally gonna have it. There was no Captain America there to save them. They fall apart just Ooh. like they would have in the comics. Right. So without a Captain America, there's no reason to lead them. Because Tony can't do it. I mean, no offense to him, but he's not Captain America. He's no. not leadership material. So he's that, not Robert Downey Jr. yet. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have the goatee. It's just the mustache. So ultimately, it shows that America is going to have these superpowers and it fails. So Rogers, when he goes to the moon and he does all this stuff, it's amazing. Thor's kind of like, this is a guy I want to be with. He would he would side with power. He, he, would. he would see the leadership and the power and be like, this is the guy that yeah. I would I would get behind. You know, Hulk on his rampage would you know ultimately, you know he left the Avengers and he kind of piled around with Namor. Well, Namor and I forgot to mention that Namor still would have been part of Cap's invaders. Invaders. So, you know, Cap and Namor got history because Steve never fell asleep in the ice. Right. 
You know, he was victorious. They won the war, you know, because they had it directly right there. So, you know, Namor is, of course, going to like, hey, all right, Red Guardian, I'm with you. Hey, here's my buddy, the Hulk. So now you have the Avengers forming or being not 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 necessarily forming, but staying in Russia and being successful because they have the right leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, so now you, you more or less just have a think tank in America. That you have an Avengers team that is, you know, right out of Russia, and you know, you've got yourself, uh, you, you've got yourself Captain America, Namor. Well, sorry, Red Guardian, Namor, Hulk, um, and and nope, that, that, yeah, that's right. But the the big piece that we're missing is who would have been their 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 genius. Well, what's over on that side of the country, Latveria. So Dr. Doom steps it up as, all right, I am your right-hand man. So he's going to be my brainiac of it. Okay. Okay, I serve the state. Sure, I love this Russia. (laughs) Whatever. You know, he'll he'll do the song and dance, but ultimately he wants, you know, to have his power. Mm -hmm. Of course, during one of the missions, we have to have Bucky fall to the wayside. So Bucky gets lost, but recovered. By the Americans later on, so we'll save that little guy for later. <laughs> so, you know, so Bucky he's not gets be the Winter Soldier, but the Summer Soldier. I, I, I toyed with that. I toyed with that. Nothing says America like good old fashioned summers. <laughs> I think I got a better name for him. Okay. <laughs> I hope. So, anyways, so you know, uh, so during the '60s, we actually see America really becoming unified. Or sorry, Russia becoming really unified, and it's a beautiful place. The Avengers wind up relocating there, so we have all the superheroes powers so you know moscow is the new is the new new york you know i mean actually it would be funny because in the turn of events it's it's more exciting when the beatles came to moscow than when they came to to new york i mean it's like history is going there because that's where it is that's the swinging happy place you know um so it's that's where we're gonna actually wind up and so again like i said bucky got our uh uh bazin got uh, got left behind on a mission you know so presumed dead and all that and actually, what's going to be funny is, so, of course, Russia divided itself, right? They put up a wall. Well, it's going to be interesting to see later on when you have the Red Guardian stand before his people on television and say, Mr. Nixon, I want you to tear down your wall <laughs> because it's the disunited states of America, the North and South. The Civil War conflict is coming back. Right. So it's like, you look how disgusting your state is. So that's why you're going to have two types of America coming out of this so you have a radical extreme southern america and kind of a you know hey all right so we're not in charge but it's okay a kind of you know safer northern america and sorry to all our southern listeners i mean we live in yuma arizona we're part of the south (laughs) not that south but you know i mean i I get out so there's some radical thinking (laughs) so by the end of book two which would definitely cover like the 50s and 60s we see how how because of the red guardian how strong and unified russia has become um, the next book, I would definitely put that one. I would I would play a lot more with definitely the eighties, you know. And, and again, Steve, or you know, Salomo, he he's aging, but he's not aging as fast. So right. he's going to age like our Captain America, but he's definitely going to have some wear on him because he doesn't have the benefit of the suspended animation. Right. So th- keep that in mind. Okay. So that's going to be very very important. <laughs> wink wink nudge nudge. But um. So anyways, we we finally have you know the Red Guardian. He he's got his his nation at at such a great place. 
You know, America is disshelled upon itself. And the Avengers, you know, more of your heroes start appearing over there. Uh, Spider-Man, he does still happen. And he's the greatest act on American TV because that's <laughs> all he ever did. Oh. Nobody's going to care if a family member got killed because it's America. It's kind Lots of a slumlord place. Yeah. yeah, you know. Um, if anything, Peter's very privileged to the fact that he got to see a science experiment. You know, so that's how bad America is in this regard. So anyway, so the majority of your heroes are now c- kind of operating out of Moscow. Uh, things are going great. So, you know, when, when, when Solomon looks back at his life and he thinks about what he's done, he feels good. He feels condemned. Everything's good. Well, again, you've got Dr. Doom on your side. Of course he's double dipping, right? So he's working with the radicals over in the southern states, the Confederate States of America. He's like, All right, you know, I'm supplying you guys. I understand you found this body. Not a problem. Let's take a look <laughs> at it. Oh, well, we could put a couple of implants in here. We'll help him out. So you see that famous arm, that famous metallic arm. And you know, he he's gonna definitely have a I think it'd be funny because we're not allowed to have that flag up anymore, but I want to put the Confederate flag on his wow. arm. <laughs> this is really going to alienate our readers, but he's going to have that Confederate flag on his arm, and his code name is the Americando. The Americando. The Americando. <laughs> so ultimately, what is he responsible for? He assassinates the Red Guardian. Wow. So, yep. So he's going to, so it's going it, to, it'll take some of the elements of Civil War. Obviously, we're not having the superhero Civil War because Steve's that good. You know, the KGB, it's, you know, you're part of the state. So they have no problem with sacrificing identities because there there is no identity. There's no need for it. Right. So, you know, that's why Steve's guards down. He's a little bit older. You know, he's, he's not so necessarily worried. So, you know, eventually he's just out there. He's, you know, he, again, I would probably definitely put him, he'd be the Russian's president their leader you know after stalin dies of course the people would say hey give him the power he's done great by us so he gets that so here comes the american mando because he's under contract well not under contract but you know he's he's in double dealings with dr doom and the confederate states so bam that's what takes out the red guardian we see he dies and the nation is left to mourn its loss and now doom and the the confederate states can they, they can definitely be going after whatever they want to. So the Confederate States finally took out a big nation, uh, uh, superpower. And, you know, I'm sure uh, Doom can finally go after the Reed Richards Oil Company that he's so despised <laughs> for so many years because of the way they've been. So that's kind of my quick pitch on that one. I, I took a lot of the, uh, the ideas. But, again, it's hard to be, to, to be faithful to that story because what Captain America does is not the same as Superman. No, no. You know? Exactly. And to give our listeners uh, a true insight here, I, I couldn't have come up with this idea if it hadn't been with Mitch. Um, I I was stuck on this one because ultimately when I when I when I thought about this story, I thought about power. And I remember I came to Mitch and I said, you know, what what Marvel superhero has enough power that he could scare the world? Because I, I feel that it's the Red Scare. I like how mm-hmm. Mark Millar did that, and you know, good old Big Red, the <laughs> Big Red Scare. And I was like, what superhero would do that? And I toyed with Thor, but I was like, well. You know, Thor's Thor's not on that level. And no offense to I mean, he's a great character. You know, Superman, Thor battles. This isn't one of those pissing contests. This was what legit Marvel Comics character gives us what Superman gives us. You and know, it, and, no, it's it, it's not Thor, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, it's maybe on a power level, he would be uh, very much right there next to Superman. 
but uh, he on a, just a ideal level, yeah, Thor doesn't doesn't reach it. He doesn't, you know. None, and I couldn't really think of it. Like, okay, let's say Spider Man. Yeah, Spider Man brings out the best in us. But Spider-Man's not going to be somebody you fear because if that were true, J. Jonah Jameson would have won this argument <laughs> decades ago, ago, you know? Plus, I don't I, – like, I thought of Spider-Man 2 and I was like, I don't know if you could get – I could get Spider-Man to unite all these people. Like, just the way that Spider-Man's always been written is that he is such the outsider yeah. that, like, even other heroes don't come to him when they have problems. Yep, I mean, when we have an Infinity Gauntlets and Infinity Crusades and Infinity Wars, Spider-Man's a character on the team. He's not the leading force behind no. it. You know, and and so ultimately that that was my brain block. I was like, I can't think of a character that does it. And ultimately, I did think of Captain America, and I wanted to go with it, but I was like, well, but he's not scary enough power-wise, you know? But then all of a sudden, when you and I have a discussion, I thank you for this, political power. If he can unite a nation, he can bring a nation forward. Right. And that, as soon as that happened, it just unlocked. The story was right there in my head, and I was like, oh, man, it's this. So, you know, you're definitely getting the tagline <laughs> in mind, you know, because it's – I couldn't have done it if I hadn't thought about power as a as a national power. So I, that, uh, they, that well, definitely unlocked I, I it. I accept it, but uh, I, <laughs> well, I'm not going to take too much credit. Uh, and that's what we do. We, we help out each other with our stories. You help me get my, my, my twist ending that I – I mean, the part of Red Sun that I liked so much – uh, was was the twist ending or the, the, the added twist, I guess you should say. Right. Uh, so uh, I, I thank you for that. And um, you know, maybe the one thing I would say about your story. Go for it. Go for it. Change the new Bucky's name to the Son of Liberty. Ooh, okay. Because like I think there's already like that whole Sons of Liberty like thing that you have with uh, the Southerners and, and stuff like that. So. I like that. I like that. And it, it definitely, it, it's, it, it fits. You know, because it is. It's, you know, like, oh, gosh, what's, you know, like the Tea Party. I like that because yeah. Sons Liberty. Yeah. Plus, it rolls out very hillbilly. Sons yeah. America Mando. Yeah, I tried to put it in there that way. Uh, that was my best Chris Hardwick for the night. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it, well, I like it. I mean, that's, that's one thing, I, I guess, to kind of throw this out at fans. What's really neat about comic books is the camaraderie that's there. Like, I mean, I I can't wait. And obviously they won't do it, but maybe someday down the road. Um, One that always comes to mind. So you would always hear about the Superman Summit, right? You'd Mm -hmm. read about it and you're like, Right. Back when we used to read Wizard World magazines. Right, yeah. Or Wizard magazines. And you would read about that and you'd be like, I would kill to just be in that room. I'm not going to give any secrets. It would just be amazing to be in there and get to see what they pitch, what they do, what would have been. And it's funny because you always had, I believe it was Jerry Ordway. You know, he was always like, let's kill him. Let's kill him. You know, and DC was just like, God, oh, what's wrong with you? You're crazy. And then finally, you know, the, all the Superman writers at the time were like, okay, we're going to get him married and everything's going to be great. And then DC comes and it's like, no, you can't do that. We have this TV show where they're single, uh, so you have to wait. And it's yeah. like, shit, that's two years of story you just crippled us. What are we going to do? <laughs> Let's kill him. Let's kill him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jerry, you got it. We're going to do it. You know. And Marvel very much practices that themselves. They get all the top writers. They meet, and it's like, okay, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with the Marvel Universe for this next year? So that's what's 
that's what's fun about this. Like when you and I meet, when we talk comics, and definitely anybody's always invited. You know, if you want to come, come shoot the shoot the pages with us. But it's so much fun because that's what those writers do. You know, it's like, hey, you got an idea. You know, I like it. I like ninety percent of it. But here's that little twist, <laughs> and that's what I feel you and I can give each other. Oh yeah, I, I love that. I think it's so great. It, it gets the juices flowing. You know. Uh, uh, I just I like that I like that part so I mean it was I, I like your story I like taking Wolverine because honestly he's a character I wouldn't have thought of yo it trust me it took know. a while before I got to Ooh, him <laughs> yeah That's I, I remember you you at one point had uh, the Fantastic Four yeah you were, you were tossing that around but then you found that they actually did that in, in Marvel That's right uh, for for that well I guess I blew it with my comic history on this one yes yeah, so okay if you like uh, it, it will go out and read Superman Red Sun it's a great read uh, Henry Cavill actually said that's one of the four stories that inspired his Superman Wow yeah so I can it, see it. you know it, it definitely yeah yeah right uh, it definitely it was a big story for him and there's an issue of Marvel Comics what if it's just a Fantastic Four special. It's not like issue number 250. It's just a what if Fantastic Four. And with that one, they play with the idea again with the space race kind of or, or originating and being successful in Russia. So Reed Richards deflects, goes over there, and he's given a team to go into space with. And it's Ileana Rasputin, Peter Rasputin, and uh, Natasha Romanoff. So the four, and if you know your secret identities, those names are like, what? <laughs> those are important you know, names. Yeah, so they shoot up there and, you know. Which I boom. didn't even use Natasha in my story. I mean. <laughs> neither did I. Neither did, yeah. We, we, I, I had a bit with Shannon Carter, and uh, my, my original draft got tossed, but I had an original bit with Shannon Carter, and I wanted her to try to be kind of the woman who would try to bridge relationships mm. with, with, the, with the North, the Northern United States, with Russia. And then ultimately she kind of fails. But I, I just I couldn't think about it. But yeah, it's funny because there are there's characters where it's like these characters were designed perfectly for this story, <laughs> you know. No, nope, not using them. <laughs> oh, I, you know the one thing I do have to ask about your story: Does your uh, Red Guardian still use a shield? Oh yeah, definitely. I would um, the shield design I see. Um, uh, I'm not an artist, but I, I could have done a couple things. I could either see it totally being a star. Okay. Just a, a big old star, or you know some kind of uh, red background with the the symbol, and I believe the flag uses it in yellow. Mm-hmm. So I would have that where it's the red with the sickle and the hammer mm-hmm. in yellow. So it'd be right there. Okay. And you know, if anything, he would actually like because you know Captain America's got his kind of utility belt. I would see him actually having a sickle and hammer as as his tools. Yeah. Um, costume design, I guess. Ooh, that's tough. Um. I think what would be a nice little touch, instead of the wings, he'd probably have the famous Russian hat, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's offensive, you know, like, cause it's kind of, you know, like, like people have certain things, but maybe it's, maybe it's not offensive and the Russians like it. And they'd be like, oh, it's, it's good sign of respect, you know? So it's like, <laughs> that's all I mean, right. They, you know? they might find the, the accent there a little bit more offensive, but no, I'm just joking. The <laughs> Hopefully Bat- we're not streaming there yet. <laughs> <laughs> the Batman in uh, the, the Red Sun wears one of those. That's so true. I can see, you know, so. I can definitely see that uh working out you know, the uh, kind of a red maybe a red and yellow outfit for captain america yeah, definitely would, see it would tie those colors i'm sure probably every artist is like oh that would look ugly on the page <laughs> but yeah. please feel free to make a drawing and post it on the website <laughs> well there you go folks that's uh that's our another one of our challenges down 
I, I know I had a good time. Uh, I believe Chris also had a good time. Oh, I love this stuff. I love it. <laughs> uh, I believe it's your turn for the next challenge. So do you want to state it now or would you like to state it later? I'm, I'm good with stating it out. Okay. All right. So, and, and readers, please feel free to come after this one. So I, I was thinking about something. I want to pick a story that's, that's closer to modern, closer to modern. And I, I, I uh, gosh, you know, years have been flying recently, I've been noticing. Uh, but this is a story I really enjoyed, and I felt a lot of people that were new to comics just gravitated towards it, read it, loved it. So you don't have to go and read the, the full comprehensive library. But what I would recommend, if you want to join us on this one, so there's a book, and it's just called Blackest Night. You can get the hardcover or the trade paperback, depending on your preference. You could read that story alone, or if you want to give that story more depth, I would recommend reading the Green Lantern uh, Blackest Night trade paperback that ties into it. The only pain in the neck about that one, and this one goes directly to UDC Comics Collected Editions, whoever's (laughs) in charge of that crap, you would have to read issue one of one book and then read issue one of the other book and flip back and forth. So, you know, while you're reading, you're going to be working out your arms, so you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But anyways, you're more welcome to flip-flop for those. So what I'm going to do is my challenge to you is I want to take the Blackest Night. So Necron... Is 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 just gonna go straight to the Marvel universe. So your challenges in this one is to give me who the who the 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 Roy G. Biv the the color lanterns would be in the Marvel universe. Okay, because we're we're gonna have you know the the regular people go over there too, mm-hmm. but they have to adopt a, a secondary backup Marvel character, good or bad. So that'll give you a lot of free reign with that. Who those characters would have been? Um, then oh gosh, what was the other part of this? Lead up. Oh, who the Black Lanterns would be. So let's let's put a number on this. Let's say, okay, well, they did 12 resurrected. So what 12 dead Marvel characters would be the Black Lanterns? And then what 12 um, characters will be resurrected as White Lanterns in the new Marvel Universe? And if you want, and the, you know, I'll toss it out there. When the White Lanterns were resurrected, they came with a mission. They had something to do. So if you want, and that that's obviously going to be your motivation. It's like, well, why did you pick Max Lord? Because I wanted him to even have more villainy, you know. So <laughs> this one, you know, who do you pick, and you know, what's their mission, or why did you pick him? So just to recap that again, uh, go out there, read Blackest Night, and you've got to pick the Roy G. Biv for the Marvel Universe. You've got to give me twelve Dead Lanterns, and you've got to give me twelve White Lanterns that are going to continue forth. So, readers, please feel free to join us. Uh, you can get Blackest Night at any local bookstore. There's online digital copies. It's a very worthwhile story. Uh, to me, it was just it was exciting. I don't know if you had that same energy when it was coming out, but I mean, I was very excited for Wednesdays to go and pick up issues. <laughs> um, I actually bought every tie-in book, no matter how lame. That was a lot of books. Oh, (laughs) God, it was. Um, I I recently sold those tie-off books and bought three houses, and that was selling them at half-off prices. Um, No, yeah, it was a lot of books, a lot of stuff. But at the time, it was just it was a lot of excitement. I think uh, Jeff Johns, Pete Tomasi, the rest of the Green Lantern crew—they did a good job leading the DC universe. They did a great job leading them there. So that's going to be your challenge. So, again, uh, for you and for the the listeners at home, all you got to do is at least read Blackest Night 0 through 8. That should give you enough meat and bones to recognize the story and then give me your characters. There it is. All right, folks. So 
Though we got some reading to do for the next time, but if you have some uh, problems or suggestions or you have things you want to add to the stories that we already wrote for tonight or we came up with for tonight, uh, you know, get a hold of us. Get a hold of us either on Twitter, Facebook, or our website, or email, or uh, Carrier Pigeon, you know, um, write your own comic book and just put us in it. You know, that'd be cool too. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, but as always, you can, you can, uh, find me personally on Twitter at, at agent underscore of the underscore bat. I believe Franey is looking up his Twitter handle right now. You'd think I'd learn this by now. Okay. I am rarely on Twitter. Uh, I recently, uh, just discovered my name at stuff, capital I should S H U D say with a capital S. So please feel free to, yeah, throw some questions our way. Give us some suggestions of what you want to hear. Uh, what would be really exciting, and this is for you guys to think about, give us a challenge. I look forward to it. I, I'm excited to see what you could throw our way. You know, put us to our comic book knowledge limits, and let's see if you know this one will, you know, if it'll be a good challenge. So that'd be great someday to see down there. And as always, if you ever hear our stories and you like it, and you're a talented artist, draw for us. Um, well, I would have been the world's greatest comic book writer, but you know what? I don't have an artist. And if I can't produce a comic book, I'm not going to, you know, no matter how many scripts I write, they're not going to read that crap. Pictures. It's all about pictures. About pictures. So unfortunately, my, my stick figures are not that exciting. So if you listen to what we do and you want to draw, go for it, you know. Draw the sickle. We want to see what you would think he's going to look like, you know. Give me a Red Guardian, you know, that's more than just red and yellow. So, yeah, go for it. Help us out. Definitely interact. Uh, check out the website. There's a lot of fun stuff on there. So and then, but uh, we are definitely enjoying all the feedback we're getting on Facebook, and it's uh, Geek Elite Radio on Facebook at Geek Elite Radio on Twitter. Uh, we we love getting your questions on Facebook. You know, you you send us in questions about comic books and comic book stories, and and uh, what you like to see and what what stories are interesting to you. Uh, we are still going to be doing our character 101s. So. Uh, if you're watching some a uh, new comic book show, uh, and there's plenty of them out there, there's you know Jessica Jones, there's uh, Daredevil coming up season two. We have Elite uh, Legends of DC or Legends of Tomorrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, DC's Legends of Tomorrow, Agent Carter, Agents of Shield. All these shows, they all it have is, comic book characters that already exist. And uh, it's a great time to be a comic book fan for the really television. Is. You know, and but you don't know exactly what about that character. Tell us what character it is, and we will do an hour or half hour or whatever, however long we can do about that Dedicate, character. Yeah. We uh, this is a new idea that we came up with, and we think it'd, it'd be really great, especially to help out people who are new to the new to the comic book scene. Uh, we I'm not going to say that we are the authority on on characters, but we have between us probably uh, a good half century of comic book knowledge. Marvel, if you need that new handbook <laughs> written, or DC, you want that who's who, you know where to come. <laughs> so, uh, we and we have stories that we'd like to tell about those different characters. So, uh, keep an eye out for those, and uh, we will keep you updated. But, as always, this has been Imagine If on the Geek Elite Radio Networks, saying until next time, geek out. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.